0: Hi and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. I've got three questions I'm going to answer for you today that came to me during and ask me anything that I did on Instagram last week. So we're going to get into what types of food you should be eating before you work out. It's going to help you maximize what you're able to do in the gym. We'll get into how many days a week you should train based on your goals, of course, factoring in your schedule. And we'll finish up with strategic weight loss is kind of how I'm putting it. It's a question that I've answered a couple of different ways before, and I get the same question asked to me a lot. So I'm going to try to take a slightly different angle on it this time uh, regarding fat loss and muscle gain. So let's start out with our first question and that was what types of high glycemic index carbs do you like for pre-workout meals? So very quick overview of the glycemic index. It's a chart that we base carbohydrates, uh, we rank carbohydrates on based off of how quickly they're absorbed into the bloodstream. So the higher the score or the glycemic index is of the food, the quicker it's going to enter your bloodstream. So think uh, like a teaspoon of sugar or, or sugar just in general is going to enter the bloodstream very quickly, whereas maybe a slice of whole wheat bread or brown rice or a sweet potato is going to be lower on the scale and like a white potato is going to be higher on the scale than a sweet potato but a sweet potato is going to be higher on the scale than just pure straight uh, wheat. Or rice, or like a, a whole grain in its, you know, unrefined form, is going to be much lower in the glycemic index. So the easy way to think of it is, the longer it takes to cook, typically, the lower glycemic index is going to have because it's higher in fiber and lower in starches. The higher in starches and higher in sugar, especially sugar, it is the higher glycemic index is going to have. So what does that mean for you? Uh, well, it doesn't mean a lot considering we typically don't eat single ingredient meals. If you were to just eat a white potato, the glycemic index would be relatively high. But since you put butter and sour cream and bacon and cheese, it keeps sounding more and more delicious the more things I add to it. But the more things you add to that that have both fat and protein, it's actually going to lower the glycemic index of that meal because fat and protein lower the glycemic index Uh, due to them slowing down the the gastric emptying of that food out of your stomach so it can enter into your bloodstream. So if you were eating a single ingredient food that was maybe high in sugar, so you're drinking a soda, that's going to enter your bloodstream extremely quickly. But if you drink that soda and you have it with a meal of, let's say, a burger and fries it's not going to spike your blood sugar the same way because of the amount of fat and protein in that meal, so as you can see obviously a, a soda and a burger and fries is not the most healthy meal, but technically it's lower glycemic index so the whole glycemic index thing is is i think very much overused it's a good it's kind of a good scale i guess to to steer yourself away from more high calorie, low nutrient foods, so things that don't have a lot of vitamins, minerals, fiber, protein, uh, healthy fats, and just pure sugar, and steer yourself more towards the things that are going to have fiber and protein and vitamins and minerals in them. So it's okay for that, but I think that people read too much into the glycemic index scale. Also, there are certain foods that are high glycemic index that are low glycemic load. So, because we had to come up with a different scale because there were certain foods that were high glycemic index, but you weren't comparing uh, grams of weight to grams of weight. So I know I'm, I'm getting really down like a, a nerd rabbit hole here. But if you were to eat watermelon, watermelon by itself is going to, and you can hear my West Virginia accent when I say watermelon too. Uh, it, it, my watermelon is going to have uh, a, a high effect on your blood, raising your blood sugar because it's, there's no fiber, it's just water, and it. it just enters your bloodstream so quickly. But the amount of carbohydrates that are in a cup of watermelon is very different than the amount of carbohydrates that are in a cup of frosted flakes. So now you have to compare carbohydrates to carbohydrates, and grams of weight to grams of weight, and then you see the glycemic load is actually relatively low on watermelon because you're not going to eat as much of it to get the same amount of carbohydrates that you would in a bowl of uh, Frosted Flakes or something like that. So, so then there was a switch made to the glycemic load. And after a while, people kind of just tossed it for the most part out of the way, because you're not eating one thing at a time when you're eating a meal. So when it comes to high glycemic carbs pre-workout, you have to look at the entire meal. So this question came to me from Kyle. Kyle's a CrossFit coach. Uh, up north and has lost uh, an awesome amount of weight recently and built up some um, serious strength in the process, able to maintain maintain a lot of his lifts, and he's gotten way faster. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to helping him and his dad out at the Metcon Rush, which is a CrossFit competition that CrossFit 301 Elite puts on uh, every year. It, it's going to be June 15th, if you're interested in doing an entry-level CrossFit competition. This is a great one to do. I'll be there judging. I'm helping uh, I won half of Kyle's team. I trained his dad, so I'm getting his dad ready for this. Um, but yeah, so Kyle, this is a great question. Uh, so look at the meal before the workout. So when you're thinking high glycemic index carbs to help you f- fuel a workout, think more uh, higher glycemic meal. So you want, you want a higher blood sugar level going into a workout session because your body needs to be fueling off of something. If you are eating closer to your workout, you want to make your meal lower in fat and higher in carbs, moderate in protein, relatively lower in fiber. You need that food out of your stomach. Fat's going to slow it down. Fiber's going to slow it down. And you want that food quickly into your bloodstream. But you don't want to make it so high carbohydrate and so low in protein and so low in fat that it's going to burn off quickly you you need to be able to sustain that a little bit so that the the sugar going into your bloodstream is slightly more delayed so you can you can have an an incoming source of fuel during your workout let's say you're working out for an hour hour and a half if you were to eat something like or drink something like like a soda or something uh, it's going to give you an, a large amount of carbohydrates very quickly that might be burnt up in the first 45 minutes To an hour of that workout, the last half hour is going to suck. So, you want something to be a little more uh, sustaining when it comes to an energy energy source. So, I prefer white rice. And this is the answer I gave Kyle over Instagram. White rice is a great starch because it's very low in fiber, it's low in fat. Uh, You can eat a lot of it. It's easy to get a lot of carbohydrates that way. It doesn't upset your stomach. uh, For people who have, issues with other grains, rice is a pretty safe grain for you to, to start using. And uh, it's, it's really easy to, to prep for uh, a lot of meals over the week. So white rice and then some type of protein. I've been doing baked uh, fish. I'll do a different like fish or flavor of fish, or whatever. Uh, I feel like having that week or whatever's on sale and uh, olive oil. I cook, I brush the fish with olive oil before I bake it there is a small amount of fat in the meal to help it last just a little bit longer, but not so much that it's going to, uh, to sit in my stomach while I'm working out. I eat this meal since it's uh, seven ounces of fish and uh, ten ounces of rice and probably four ounces of whatever vegetable I get that week, and I eat that almost two hours before I start working out, like an hour and a half, uh, and then by the time I do my warm up, I get changed, to do my warm up and stuff, by the time I'm actually working out. It's been close to two hours since I had that meal. Now, Rebecca, who I train with, will do a fruit right before her workout. So she'll eat a meal, maybe two hours before her workout, and then she'll eat a piece of fruit right before because she has a lot of trouble with her blood sugar dropping during workouts. So what she found was if she does a meal of uh, white or brown rice, I'm not sure which one she's eating right now. I think she switched to white rice, and then either chicken or beef, and then uh, some type of vegetable two hours before her workout. And then she'll do the fruit half an hour before she really gets into her training. And that has stopped her from having blood sugar drops. So she's getting you know these quality starches and some uh, some protein, a little bit of fat in that lunch that she has before she works out. And then that fruit will give her a little bit more energy uh, as a carbohydrate source right before working out to kind of get her through without a blood sugar uh, drop. So. Uh, It really depends on when you're training. If you are not training uh, two hours after a meal, uh, you are training long after a meal, you need to eat something. I would shoot for maybe something that's easy to digest, half hour or 45 minutes before your workout. Bananas are great. Uh, They aren't super high in fiber. They're easily digestible and uh, they have a great amount of, of carbohydrates. A large banana could have close to 30 grams of carbohydrates, you could have that right before your workout, but I would I would pair it up with something, protein shake, uh, protein bar, yogurt, uh, peanut butter, just not a ton of it because, again, you don't want a ton of fat that much, that close to a workout, and that would be good maybe a half hour before. Smooth, that's why smoothies or shakes are great, you could do a, a banana and milk if you drink milk or almond milk, whatever you want to use, if you want to use whey protein or yogurt as a protein source and toss in whatever other fruit you want in there with that, Uh, spinach if you're trying to get some vegetables in, and blend that up and you drink that half an hour before your workout. And I know it sounds really close to your workout, but by the time you get warmed up and start lifting, it'll be out of your system. So here's a couple ideas for you. Um, I know that low carb is kind of the thing right now, uh, but that's a whole other thing talking about fueling a workout with carbs versus Uh, fat and what types of training you're doing, but we're assuming, since he asked the question what types of carbs to eat before workout, I'm assuming that you're eating carbs before you work out. If if we'd like to get into how to fuel certain types of workouts, uh, we can get into that sometime. Uh, I'll just say quickly, the higher intensity of working out you're doing, the more carbohydrates your diet needs to have. The lower intensity you work at, the less carbohydrates and more fat you need in your diet. So we can fully break that down sometime if you all want to hear about that. But uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next question since we've, uh, I feel like we've covered Kyle's question pretty sufficiently with the, uh, the high glycemic index carbs. So the other question was from Nick. Nick is one of the dudes that I train. Uh, he was asking about number of training days. His specific question was, I, what is the ideal number of training days that you should do in a week? So this is based on, well, my answer is based on how many days a week can you train and what is your goal? because the two of those things are going to determine what is your ideal number of training days. So if you say, well, I can only train three days a week, my goal is I want to get strong. That's that's doable. Now, you will have to work out for longer because you need plenty of rest periods in between those, those heavy sets. So I would be prepared to be in the gym at least an hour, probably an hour and a half, close to an hour and a half, uh, if you want, you're only going to do three days a week and you're trying to get really strong, I mean really strong on squat bench, deadlift, overhead press, you know, the big lifts, things like that. If you can train uh, more often than that and you want to get strong, then we can start breaking up the lifts onto different days so you can really focus on each one, and then we can cut your workouts down uh, to 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, if you are Looking at trying to uh, lose weight and trying to maintain your muscle mass, you want to try to make sure that you're getting enough volume in to maintain the muscle mass you have while also burning a significant amount of calories. Most of your caloric balance will be handled through your diet. But I would say three to four days, uh, you could do a week. And and lose a good amount of weight while maintaining your muscle mass. If you're training for for a sport, you might be needing to do more days a week just because of needing to have uh, certain days where you focus on certain things for that sport and have short enough workouts that you can recover, especially if you're also playing a sport at the same time as you're training. So uh, yeah, this is a tricky one because it, it so depends on your goals, how many days a week you can train and how much time you have to train every day. So Since January, I've been training six days a week, which I used to only train four. I used to train four days a week for about an hour and a half. Now I only have about an hour to train, so I have to train six days a week. And I'll do two lifts, sometimes one lift in a day if it's a really heavy lift. I have a lot of sets and I need a lot of rest in between. Other days, if it's not a super heavy day, I might do four lifts, but my workouts typically are anywhere between one and four exercises that I do and I get it done in around an hour. So that's just what's been working out for me because of my schedule, uh, it's it's not my favorite way that I've ever trained just because I feel rushed and it's weird getting only getting one or two lifts in in a workout, but it's been what's working for me and I've, I've been hitting PRs on my lifts and, and doing really well with it. So. If you, if you want to do six days, so we'll start the, the highest end of the scale, Nick, if you want to do six days, I would say keep your workout shorter, and then you need to undulate or change up what days you go heavier and which days you go lighter. You can't go heavy six days in a row. You're going to get burnt out, uh, and you can't go moderate six days in a row, too, because you're still going to get burnt out. You need to have heavy, moderate, and light days. I could probably do a whole episode sometime, maybe bring Andrew on and we do a whole episode on what's called daily undulating periodization, which um, I'm doing right now. I've been doing for the past almost 18 weeks. Uh, Andrew's done it before as well. And it's just a way of making sure that you are letting your body recover, but you're still getting in the groove of certain lifts at a lighter weight so that you can continue to progress each week uh, and put more weight on the bar um, on all of your days. So that would be your six days. Five days, maybe you're training Monday through Friday, and you're taking the, the weekends off. Uh, this is a pretty typical way of people. Uh, the typical way that people train who are really into getting into the gym, but they can't get to the gym on like non-work days. Um, for this one, I would try to still make uh, some variations in what days you're going heavy, because still five days is a higher uh, training volume for a lot of people maybe do four lifting days and one conditioning day or cardio day, whatever you want to call it. Or if you're doing five days to make sure you're switching up, uh, what things you're working each day and how hard you're going each day. Uh, the other thing you do with a five day split is do three days of lifting and two days of conditioning. If you really like doing conditioning, uh, but ideal for, um, each person's goal is going to be dependent on what their goal is. So, um, Yeah, I know I didn't really exactly answer the question, Nick. I'm going through all the different um, types of training you could possibly do. But the ideal is you got to find something that works for you. Uh, If you can only train two days a week, you can make it work. Uh, You might be able to maintain some of the things you've worked on. You're not going to make a ton of progress, but you can definitely uh, maintain a decent amount of strength by really going hard and possibly a little longer in the gym. Uh, for two days a week. I know people that have done it when in times when they just their work schedule would not allow them to do anything else. So anywhere between two and six days a week is your answer for ideal uh, number of training days. Depends on your sport, depends on how your body recovers, how much are you sleeping, how much are you eating. Uh, If you're dieting, you might actually have to train a little bit less just because you have less food coming in. And if you keep on trying to hit it hard six days a week in the gym, uh, you're going to feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall by the end of the week. Your lifts are going to start going down. You're going to get discouraged uh, and <laughs> you're going to affect your sleep and then you're not going to lose weight. So uh, ideal is is very individual. I would say try out the minimum effective dose. What is the least amount you can train to still m- maintain your goal? I know this sounds strange because we, we love being in the gym because this is our hobby, but also there's a point of diminishing returns and i know the popular thing right now is no days off i've even heard someone say well diminishing returns are still returns yeah but they're diminishing like they're getting they're getting less uh, and at a certain point you're going to start seeing those lifts go down you see your lifts go down over like a a 12 week cycle that means you got weaker that means you wasted 12 weeks on on that lift or those lifts because your numbers went down. That's not training. That's that's exercising. There's something different between. There's a very big difference between exercising and training. Exercising, is you're coming in, you're burning calories, you're feeling a burden on the muscles. You know, kind of like a casual working out for for recreation. When I think of training, I think you have a specific goal. You wanna lift this much weight. You want to run this this race this fast. You want to lose this much weight or this much body fat. You're training, you have a goal in mind rather than just kind of coasting along. So yeah, you want to find that minimum effective dose for your training. What is the least amount that I can train just to still accomplish my goals? Then once you find that, you can test out to see, well, you know, can I add a day and it not affect me and then add something light into another day? And then if you start seeing good results with that, great. Can I add time to one of these days or can I add another day without diminishing returns by taking the volume down on my other workouts? And play around with with you know what you're doing and what days and how much you're doing over the course of the week, but still look at your whole week as a whole. You can't just look at one day and be like, yeah, well, I squatted really heavy on Monday, but I'm bench pressing really heavy on Tuesday, so I'll be fine because that was my legs and this is my arms. But fatigue is cumulative. So just because it's a different part of your body does not mean that your body will be not wrecked the next day when you wake up uh, and your your next lifts suffer. So look for that minimum effective dose and then gradually add in more if you feel like you need more. Otherwise, if it's not broken, don't fix it. If you are making great gains on three or four days a week, go for it. Your body's going to be recovering well. Right now I'm making good gains by working out less time each day and taking it easy. I have at least two really easy days a week, sometimes three really easy days a week, and I'm really only, only going heavy once or twice, and I'm going moderate once or sometimes twice, and it's working out really well for me. So, uh, but yeah, play around with it, and I, we can get a whole episode. We definitely need to do that, get into daily undulating periodization so that we can help you all find, you know, um, how to manage your total training volume and your recovery in that whole uh, that whole thing. So, thank you, Nick, for that question. That was a good one. Last one here. How to lose, well, the the question was how to lose the spare tire, but he meant belly fat. How to lose belly fat while gaining muscle. So, everybody wants this, this magical, like, holy grail of training adaptations, which is I'm going to lose body fat, which is requiring me to be in a caloric deficit which means my body is not receiving calories from outside of it, so it has to get calories from off my body for me to be able to sustain my life and my, uh, my working out. So we want that. But we also want to gain muscle, which requires a caloric surplus, the more calories coming in than we're using, to be building up a tissue in the body at the same time that our body is tearing down a different type of tissue due to a caloric deficit. So we want to be in a deficit to lose body fat, but we want to be in a surplus to gain muscle. So think about it for a second. Now, when you're first starting to work out, I mean, very first starting to work out, you can lose body fat while gaining muscle. And it's just because you are, are so unconditioned when you first start out, that as your body is using calories off of your body fat, it's able to use some of those calories mixed with, of course, the food coming still in to build muscle just because there's no muscle, there's not a lot of muscle there in the first place. And you're performing all of this mechanical work through lifting weights, and, and if you're doing cardio or conditioning, or whatever you're doing. Your body has to manufacture some tissue to make that stuff happen. You can gain some muscle mass while losing body fat. This is for beginners, though. Once you've been working out for a while, and it happens quickly. I mean, those beginner gains drop off quickly. Once you start actually working out a good amount, your body's going to do one thing or the other. It's going to build up or it's going to tear down. It's going to build up muscle mass and body fat, or it's, it's going to tear down body fat and possibly some muscle. Typically, you're, you're almost always going to lose muscle whenever you lose body fat. It's just how it works. So when it comes to losing belly fat while gaining muscle, first of all, we can't really spot reduce fat. You lose it where your body has the most of it. So if you have the most of your body fat in your stomach, uh, it's going to be the first place you lose it, but it's also going to be the, fir- the last place you see it lost because you carry the majority of your body fat there. And that's going to take some patience. So I would start with losing the weight first. So get rid of the excess body fat. It's going to help out your blood sugar numbers. It's going to help out your cholesterol, your blood pressure, all of your health markers just by getting that body fat down. Once you get your body fat down to where you want it, uh, for health or aesthetic purposes, whatever you're doing, you're losing weight for, then I would work on building up muscle. So. Your body doesn't like to be in a caloric deficit or a caloric surplus for a long time. It likes to try to reach homeostasis at some point or, or some type of like set point where your body's like, yep, I'm going to stay here. This is where I like to stay. Try to make me move. So when you're dieting, eventually your body is not going to to continue to respond. You're going to start losing weight slower till eventually it's going to kind of stop. So the goal, I think, for most people trying to lose body fat is, of course, be don't be over aggressive with how fast you're trying to lose it, but this and be patient with it. But at the same time, don't keep dieting and dieting and dieting forever. You got to give your body a little break. It's hard for your body to diet; it doesn't like to do it. So I would say drop your body fat down, get it into a, a, a healthy range. You don't have to worry about you know, trying to get like jack shredded uh, immediately. Just try to get into a healthy range, and then main, don't try to go up right away. Maintain for a little bit get into a good workout program, and then start eating more. Monitor your, your uh, macronutrients, so carbs, fats, and proteins. Make sure you're getting the right uh, ratios of those to get, make sure you have enough protein to build muscle, but also enough fat for good hormone production and enough carbohydrates for fuel for this, this exercise as you're gaining weight. So as you're starting to gain some weight, keep checking your body fat. You're going to see it go up a tiny bit, which is okay not a problem because remember we lost weight before we can do it again so as you're gaining that muscle mass that body fat if you see that you're hitting a point where you're not gaining that much muscle you're starting to gain some extra fat then if it's starting to bother you I and mean, you don't have to stop here you can keep going up as long as you're still gaining muscle at that point once you hit the point of where you gain some muscle and you gain a little bit of body fat you just go back to that maintenance period for a while Maintain for a while, make sure your weight stays there, maybe try to work on your strength or maybe if you're into doing conditioning, you can work on your run times or something like that. And then you start your diet and diet back down a little bit. So I know that this sounds like a a yo-yo, but it's much more of like a gently rolling hill of uh, body fat percentage where you can go back down a little bit because you're not dieting excessively. It's not going to be for a long time. And we're going to go back down a little bit to get your body fat back down to where you want to be. At the same time, make sure you're still lifting heavy enough to maintain that muscle mass that you've worked for. And what should end up happening by the end of that first little wave that you just did where you went down, up, and then back down is you end up with a higher body weight because muscle weighs something. But your body fat percentage is the same as when you ended that first diet. So maybe you went, you dropped 15 pounds. You go up ten then you drop five and your body fat percentage dropped during that the key here is you have to keep measuring your body fat percentage otherwise you're just gaining and losing body fat and this takes time especially once you've been training for a long time it takes time to gain muscle mass and the the longer you can maintain muscle mass before you start dieting, the more you're going to be able to hang on to it. If you immediately go down as soon as you gain some, some muscle weight, a lot of times the first thing to go is that is that muscle mass. So uh, that's hopefully that's a different take than I've given before. A lot of times I'll just say, well, you just got to focus on one thing at a time. Hopefully this is a little more um, practical or specific, whereas you have to plan out, be strategic with your fat loss uh, and your muscle gaining by doing them at different times but really focusing on what you're working on while you're doing it. If you're trying to chase chase two goals of losing fat and gaining muscle, uh, you're probably not going to do either, or you're just going to lose weight and you're going to lose muscle mass. Whereas if you're focused on just gaining weight and you're not really thinking about what you're eating and you're not monitoring your body fat as you're training, you might end up getting a lot of body fat and having to lose a lot of that body fat when you try to cut down to a body fat percentage that you want to be at. So, uh, yep uh that is what this is what trainers are for, so if you need help uh come talk to us uh and we can help you figure out we can help you check your body fat you can check in with us uh, even if we're not your trainer we can help you check your body fat just to make sure that uh you are um, where you want to be when it comes to your dieting up or down process uh and you can check in with us and we can make sure that you're you know you are doing it safely and that you're hitting those goals because uh, you know we we are very much invested in how you all are doing because it's, you know, it's our life. This is what we like doing. So, uh, yeah, this is something that I can ever help you out with. Uh, if any of you have questions about body fat, uh, or questions about ideal training days, you want to send me what your workout schedule is and have me look over it. Uh, if you want to send me the meal that you eat before your workout, going back to our first question, send me that meal and, uh, just say, Hey, what do you think of this? I would love to, to answer, uh, those questions for you and, and help you out. Um, You can always find me on Instagram at at Straight Shot Training, uh, on Facebook, Straight Shot Training. If you are uh, anywhere in the Frederick area you want to stop by the Y, uh, or if you're at the Y and you want to come to me with these questions, anytime that I'm not actually in a training session with somebody, you can come up uh, and ask me. I would love to help you out. I was talking to somebody uh, who's a new trainer the other day uh, who... He had a, a really good first uh, training sessions and great first class that he taught. And I was so freaking excited for him to start this. I, I texted him later on. I was like, dude, this is absolutely the greatest job in the world. Like this is the rest of your life. If you want to do this, this can be your career. This can be the rest of your life where you get to help people and have a blast doing it. So thank you all so much for the questions. Um, I always love answering. Thank you so much for listening to this. Today we're taking the time to do this. Uh, If you want to check out Straight Shot Training, head over to straightshottraining.com. You can see what programs we have there. We also do nutrition there as well. Uh, If you want to contact us there, we can set up some uh, some meal planning for you. Um, We're working on that section of the site. Actually, we don't have that up yet. But just shoot me an email if you are interested in a meal plan. If you're interested in a functional fitness program, we have the Straight Shot Training program. That's twenty one bucks a month, but your first month is free, and you get six workouts a week for that. Comes with demo videos, uh, complete instructions, warm ups, which include mobility and prehab. You get your strength training, you get your cooldowns. Uh, everything's progressive, so we tell you, you know, hey, here's how here's how this should feel this week. We're going to add weight this week. This week we're working on this. This six week cycle we're going to be working on this, so you can you can see where you're going rather than just doing random workouts. If you feel like you're kind of spinning your wheels with your current workout. If you were interested just getting really strong, or if you're interested in a strongman, we also have a strongman program that's headed up by Coach Andrew Presnell. He gives you uh, four slash six, uh, four strength workouts, two optional workouts that are sent out along with those. Same thing, you get your mobility, your prehab, and your strength work. Uh, you're gonna be doing stuff that's gonna make you good at the sport of strongman, even if you don't wanna compete. Uh, It's a really fun, different way to train. If you're used to kind of doing normal gym workouts, this would really switch it up for you. Uh, You can head over to straightshottraining.com, click on the Strongman button, and check that program out. Uh, If you're listening to this and you want to send me an email saying, hey, I just want to see what it looks like, I'll send you a free week. That's not something we advertise on the website. This is a little exclusive for you all listening to the podcast. If you want to see what a week of Straight Shot Strongman looks like, just shoot me a message at straightshottraining.com at gmail.com. Nope. Don't use that one. Use Johnny at straight shot training.com. It all goes to the same place. Uh, Johnny at straight shot training.com. Shoot me a message and I will send you a free week of straight shot Strongman So you can see what it's like again. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week, everybody.